0: Hi everyone, I'm Nigel Gordyke, one of the organizers of the Wilmot Terry Fox Run. It's my incredible honor to be speaking today with Daryl Fox, Terry's younger brother. Daryl is the senior advisor to the Terry Fox Research Institute, and he was part of Terry's support team during the Marathon of Hope, including when it was here in Wilmot. How are you, Daryl?
1: I'm very good, Nigel. How are you?
0: I'm doing really well, thanks. Um, Usually when I do these interviews, I'm coming up with the questions myself. Um, but this time, because it was you, I wanted to get um, people from the Wilmot community to submit some questions. So I'm going to read some out to you now. That'd be great. Um, mm-hmm. The first one is from Ginny Domenko. Um, we actually had a similar question when we did the Run Organizers workshop, and someone asked this of, of your brother Fred. If you had the opportunity to go back in time and knowing what you know now, what advice would you give Terry?
1: Wow, that's a, that's a, a, really, a really good question um you know I, I i'm not sure what i would offer terry i mean i i as, as i i'm not sure what how fred i wish i had fred's answer that i could cheat with um <laughs> i you know i had i mean i was a younger sibling of of terry's and and admired and respected everything he he accomplished in his short life i'm not sure there is anything that i could offer him you know to be perfectly frank and honest even though now i have 50 mm, 50-some-odd years of experience and, and knowledge and, and apparent wisdom, you know, he seemed to understand everything in terms of what life was about at a very young age. And you know, as we've often shared as family members, this came through his experience with cancer, when where he had to mature, and mature very quickly. Um, I think he got it right. I think he got everything right in terms of how to live a life and how to to give unconditionally, to want to reach out and help other people. So. No, I, I'm still. I'm actually still learning from Terry. It's still the opposite, and I don't think I could have, to be honest, anything to offer Terry at this time.
0: Um, our next question is from Chris Errat. She wonders um, if Terry would be eating at fast food restaurants along the way, or was he <laughs> on a specific energy diet for endurance?
1: Yeah, well, things have changed quite dramatically there, Nigel. In terms of um, you know what Terry would probably uh, in, indulge in when it when it came to to food, um, back then it was anything and everything. Whatever was offered to Terry, he, he devoured. Um, it was incredible to see how much food, food he consumed in, in a day. He would start the day not having much um, um, because he knew that he was about to run 12 miles um, in the morning uh, component of, it, of his day. And then he would take that three hour break between nine and 12 approximately. And that's when he would start the, the break with eating and consuming as much food as he possibly could. Things would be so much different today in terms of what, what is offered to, to athletes, both professional athletes, obviously, and, and, and recreational athletes. Um, you know, energy bars were, were not a thing. Energy drinks were not a thing. And I think this would, would have helped Terry immensely to have uh, the opportunities that, pres- that are offered to, to athletes uh, uh, today.
0: Okay. Um, I have a question from Harold Krafka. Um, did Terry listen to music while he ran? And if so, what did he listen to?
1: Yeah, good, good, good question. And I, I actually participated, and I regretted it immensely. Terry was a, a country music fan, so he lo- loved Dolly Parton, Johnny, Johnny Cash, Hank Williams. Some of my, you know, my, my dad's taste in music were similar to to, to Terry's. So prior to um, embarking on the marathon, of Pope, I actually uh, taped um, from records to cassettes, I know the, these terms are foreign to people now, but. <laughs> That's, that's what I did for Terry. And again, I regretted it because when, we, when I arrived on the scene in, in late May, I had to actually listen to this music as well. Um, but it was important for Terry. And, and during, his, during the day, he rarely had time to relax. It, it just wasn't available to him. But certainly in the, in the, um, the maritime provinces when, when he had that opportunity to, to go for a drive on his own in the van, that's what he listened to was, was Dolly Parton, Hank Williams. And, and he references this in the journal, just how, how much he enjoyed the drive. He had no destination. He wasn't sure where he was going when he, when he jumped in that van. He always somewhat tried to find the ocean. That was always a goal for him, but he just that opportunity to, to just completely be on his own, relaxed and not having to run was, was so enjoyable for him.
0: Um, we have a question from Susan Sutherland. Um, the foundation has funded many cancer research projects since its inception. Can you tell us which projects do you think Terry would have been most pleased with the results?
1: Hmm, another really good question, Susan. Thank you, thank you very much. I think what's uh, amazing about Terry and his vision and, um, was that, I mean, he, he could have run across the country for osteosarcoma, bone cancer, the cancer that claimed his, his leg and, and eventually his life. But he had the vision to look beyond his own uh, form uh, of suffering to to reach out and help each and every person diagnosed with cancer, and there are over two hundred variations of, of cancer out there. Um, so I, I I think in light of that, I don't think Kerry would have a a, a preference. He, he you know he was obviously touched by by young people, um, by those going through cancer at a very young age, and he it really had meeting Greg Scott obviously. Um, was an important moment for Terry because he thought, I mean, we, some, we sometimes suggest Terry was brave and courageous, he was, but he really thought the heroes were those younger than him who were fighting cancer and never complained and, and were brave throughout. Those were the, the real heroes. Um, I don't think, it, so it would be, you know, you'd think that perhaps he would lean towards pediatric cancers and the, and the, the tremendous progress we've made uh, in that area over the years, but I don't think he would. I don't think Terry would would choose uh, one cancer over
0: another. Um, I have a a bunch of questions here. Um, These questions are from grade three and grade four students at Forest Glen Public School in New Hamburg. And thanks to Mrs. Berry for sending them to us. Um, I I thought we'd get like two or three really good questions, but we got like 12 and they're all in great, great questions. So I couldn't, I didn't want to leave any out. So here we go. Okay.
1: Okay. Um, I'm not. I'm not asked how old
0: I am, am I? (laughs) (laughs) Nothing that difficult. (laughs) Okay. um, What do you think inspired your brother to make the decision to run across Canada? It
1: it really was what he experienced. Um, You know, Terry often said that you know being diagnosed with cancer was one thing, and losing his leg to the disease was also a a shock because it happened so quickly and suddenly. But actually, going through chemotherapy and seeing the suffering of others was really what changed him and influenced him and and, and he realized um, he needed to add something else to his life and that was to give back. So certainly experience the um, what he went through and Terry had 16 months of chemotherapy treatments where he, where he saw cancer up close and personal and, and he made a promise during that period that if he ever made it out of, out of a cancer ward alive, he would never forget those that he had left behind. So that was his inspiration. For the marathon of hope was what he experienced going through chemotherapy
0: did terry always set big goals for himself
1: yeah he was a, he i mean you know the, the the personality was there in early days you know even from a young age terry loved to set goals he loved to challenge himself he was he had to be in order to accomplish what he did in his short life in terms of running across the country on artificial leg um he was extremely competitive he was very stubborn. He despised losing, especially to family members. He, that didn't go over well with Terry. We all have that within ourselves as a family. We're very competitive. Um, and so I think th- those those qualities were there. He just didn't have um, a purpose where, uh, uh, the right purpose to direct that, um, that personality and certainly uh, cancer uh, offered that to him. But he was always a very driven, determined individual.
0: Um, did Terry put others first when he was growing up and try to help others?
1: Mm, no, uh, no, good que- Really good question. No, he did not. And that's one of the things he regretted. And again, that's something that cancer offered to him was he, he had, he realized that he he lived a very selfish life that he thought of only one person growing up. And that was Terry Fox. You know, he, he excelled in school though, though through hard work, he did well with sports um, because he was driven and determined but those were goals and accomplishments solely for his own personal satisfaction so it was really um again cancer that opened terry's eyes to the the need to help others um and add something to his life that was never there previously so um no terry was not a not the perfect person and i would and and he never was and he, he he felt um when he was younger
0: um, your family has stayed involved with the Terry Fox Foundation and keeping Terry's legacy going. Do you think the next generation will be active for the cause as well?
1: I don't. No, I don't think they'll be active in the cause. They are active in in the cause, and it, it, it pleases us, the the older generation, immensely. Um, you know, this is something that has been was handed off to us. Um, my very much older brother Fred, my younger my younger sister Judy, and, and myself. Never, never pressured. Um, Mom hoped that family members would stay involved or be, want to be involved. But again, it, it came to us uh, naturally and whenever we were willing. I, I didn't join the foundation until 1990, t- 10 years after Terry's Marathon of Hope. Now we have the, the, the next generation, um, the grandchildren of, of, of Betty and Raleigh Fox, uh, um, Terry's nieces and nephews that are, are keen. And it's, it's been incredible to have them Involved because they offer something that we don't have anymore, youth <laughs> we're, we're not uh, that young anymore so and, um, and, and and they care they deeply care about Terry because I, I think all of us have you know Fred Judy, and I have, have installed in them the qualities that were so, are so important to Terry, and I think they, they demonstrate them immensely
0: did Terry ever feel like giving up <sighs>
1: I, I no, I don't think so. I mean, I, I I'll say no. You know, he um, at least he didn't share that uh, externally. Um, was he frustrated at times? Absolutely. Was he disappointed at times and, and saddened by how things were going, specifically during the marathon? Of Hope of course, but I I don't think you know giving up is part of Terry Fox's vocabulary. I mean, he was one who loved obstacles like loved overcoming them and he loved challenges um, and so that was just a part of who we evolved into becoming
0: did Terry feel lonely during his marathon of hope um wow these are
1: really good really <laughs> great good dream, Great yeah the, the, that um, I don't I, I like to think so um, you know it, it was really all the marathon of hope was all-consuming like, it was not just, you know, uh, clocking in at nine o'clock and, you know, for, for your job and, and finishing at five and then leaving it all behind. It was 24 it was seven for Terry. Um, so there was, it, it. even though there were people around him, Doug was there from the very beginning. I joined up on May 31st. We had people from the Canadian cast Society, great people, great, who became great friends, who were always there. I think Terry probably had a sense of, of loneliness uh, um, throughout, uh, the run. Um, but, um, but again, he, he, he was able somehow to park that, those feelings in order to focus on what was directly in front of him. And that was the marathon. Of hope. Did
0: Terry feel tired after running?
1: He, yeah, did Terry feel tired? Terry felt tired during Terry felt woke up. I mean, this is, what's been amazing about reading. I mean, every day I start to the day by reading from Terry's journal. I, I look forward the night in, in anticipation the night before to waking up and, and reading what Terry wrote uh, 40 years, 40 years ago. And how many times has, is the first sentence? I, I woke up exhausted. I'm completely drained. And yet he gets out there and runs in you know, 24, 26, 28, sometimes 30 miles. It defied logic uh, what what Terry went through in, in, in 1980 and what he what he put himself through. So he was, he was always tired. He was always fatigued. Some days were better than others, but he really drew from support. You know, when people were cheering and clapping for him along um, the road, that really um, diminished and and removed the, the the fatigue that he was feeling for just a, you know, a brief period of time, but he really, um, really appreciated all the support he was getting.
0: Um, was Terry proud of himself after the marathon?
1: Absolutely. I, you know, this, this, you know, there's, there are words from Terry when he speaks about having to finish the run, um, early, uh, not being able to complete it. Though he, he vowed that if he could get out there again, he would, but he never saw, saw the run as, as, uh, being, um, a failure that he, because he, it's all about trying your very best. I mean, that's what we always say. Terry never finished the marathon of hope. But we don't think of him as a failure. We feel we see him as extremely successful. Why? Because he tried his very best, and that's that's what Terry said in '19. I did everything I could, and no one would argue with, with those with those words.
0: Did you live in the van that followed Terry on his run?
1: Yes, I yes I did. Yes, I did, Nigel. And uh, whoever asked that question, yes, the the smelly Ford van. Uh huh. Yes. Um, I would, I, I would have to admit I I, I found I found it difficult there were just I mean you look I look at the space now and I can't believe three grown adults lived in this space Terry for some reason had the lower bunk and, and more space for some reason I don't know why but and, and Doug Alward and I we were we were up in in, in the in the bunk um, again I can't imagine that we, we slept in it. so I was always I had my hand up whenever there was an offer for uh, free accommodations or or I I was in, um, I also will never admit to actually cleaning the porta potty. I don't think I Now Doug says I did but I completely removed that from my, my thinking. Um, so it smelled, but I think it worked. I think, I think the smell was very effective because it kept people away from the, from the vat. And so Terry was able to, to, to get, have some privacy during this period as well. But, um, yeah, the van is, is incredible. Um, you know, quite, I'm quite attached to it actually, um, because it just it immediately takes me back to, to 1980 and, and some incredible memories.
0: What was it like to have Terry Fox as your brother?
1: Yeah. Um, I, I, it's hard cause I don't know what it's like not to have Terry Fox as my brother cause he's always been my brother. So, um, I you know, I am somewhat able to separate um you know Terry Fox, iconic figure, um, from Terry Fox, my brother. So there is there is there is a separation there. Um I I I feel very blessed and fortunate that I am Terry Fox's brother. And you know that <laughs> that's always gonna that feeling will always exist. Um and I'm just thankful that people like you, Nigel, you know, Terry Foxers from across the country are you know, carrying the torch now. Um, so we always say we have an extended family, a big, a really, really, really big family. And that's why we're so prominent and so successful, I think, uh, 40 years removed from the marathon.
0: Did you ever run with Terry either during the marathon or to train?
1: Okay, well, yes. Yeah, so two part. Okay, I see that. I see that a two part question. Yes. Um, so the training part. Um, you know, ter- people may not realize just how many miles Terry ran preparing for the marathon of hope. He ran over three thousand miles, five thousand kilometers, even before he dipped his artificial leg in the Atlantic Ocean to begin the marathon of hope. And I, um, I and Doug Alward also ran with Terry a bit. Not a lot, but a. Uh, a bit, especially in the summer of um, 79, Terry was preparing for the Prince George to Boston Marathon and that was the event that really confirmed to him that he was ready to to run across the country. So we would go to a a dirt track uh, close to our our house in Port Coquillum, BC, and we would run loops of of that track. And uh, I remember it vividly because there were the competitive foxes, you know, Terry, now, obviously, I was able to run a little bit quicker than Terry as an able-bodied person, and Terry was trying to prevent from being lapped. So we had this co- internal competition as we were running around the the track. Did, I didn't run as much with Terry during the during the Marathon of Hope, Bob, and and this was for very good reason. Um, you know, Terry again, I speak to how competitive he was. He was he was he had a difficulty with people running beside him um, because. He knew, you know it was so hard for him to to run the way he did. He had to take that extra hop on his good leg to allow his artificial leg to to swing through whereas you know, Nigel or you know myself if we were running with Terry, we find it fairly fairly comfortable. The competitiveness in Terry forced him to try and make you work and make you sweat or make me work and sweat, and he just couldn't keep that up that's. Case up and run 26 miles every day. So whenever we did run and you, you saw, there are, you know, obviously uh, photos and, and videos of, of people running with Terry. They're usually behind him, where we out of view, where Terry couldn't see them. Uh, um, and that was um, what happened mostly in the major cities when we were crossing the country.
0: Well, that's interesting. Cause I always wonder why Terry's always at the front of the pack there. It makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. One final question. Our school focuses on hero traits, H-E-R-O. Hope, efficacy, resilience, optimism, as well as gratitude, empathy, and mindfulness. Terry had all these character traits. What trait stands out for you when you think of Terry?
1: Yeah. Um, it's, always, it's difficult picking, <laughs> picking one. I, 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 what I really admire about Terry Fox is his humbleness. Um, you know the 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 person that had to start the marathon of, that started the marathon of hope in St. John's, Newfoundland on A, on April twelfth was the same person who was forced to stop um, on September first in Thunder Bay. Even though so much attention was thrown towards Terry, so much praise was um, you know sent his way, he 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 quickly deflected it elsewhere. He it, it never. It never ever entered within. Um, he was the same, you know, person from small town BC that started, and that's what I always because you see so, so such a difference in terms of our, you know, um, sports personalities and 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 entertainers out there. Once they become famous, they ch- they do they change, um, and they think they're better than others. That never happened with Terry. He, he you know one of his more famous. Uh, speeches talked about, I'm equal with all of you, I'm no better, I'm no worse. And that's what I've really always admired. And there's so many, you know, as was just as you just listed, uh, so many traits that you could focus on. I think that's the one that I I admire the most.
0: That's fantastic. Thank you so much for your time today, Daryl, And we do appreciate you answering the the questions from our wonderful community here in Wilmot. Thank you so much.
1: They were great questions, Nigel. Thank you very much. Really enjoyed it.